you are when you don't carry all of that trash. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to see the person that's looking back at you when everything that blocks you from having everything that you want is in this container. Mm -hmm. I want you to see what happens to your business when you let go of everything that you don't, you believe you can't do and put it in this container so that you see what you can do. That trash man, if my, if my stepson will come to me now and say to me, I want to be that trash man, I would invest every single dollar that I had in helping him become that person. Because that trash man changes the lives of people, institutions, governments, businesses. Because when you can finally get a glimpse of who you actually are, free of all the reasons why you can't be who you are. You become an amazing different person. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't changed from the kid that went in the t-shirt and jeans into the three-piece suit organization to the person who went through the death of his parents to the, to the person who, who was given the tragedy of a developmentally delayed daughter who when she was born communicated me to me from the moment she was born. I was holding her in my arms and everybody was celebrating, celebrating. And I heard my little daughter say to me, I made a mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. Hmm. And she tried with everything in her being to get out in those first few months because she realized that this wasn't the world she thought it was. She realized the pain that she would have to go through by not being a function, be able to function in the world like everybody else. And everybody was, everybody was celebrating. I was crying big elephant tears as I was hearing her say this to me. And they said, why are you crying? You must be so happy. I'm saying, no, I'm crying because um, I hear her voice. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I named her Elisa Haya Levin. Elisa is the joy. Haya is life. Levin is the tribe of servants of the temple. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, Elisa, I want to give you this, this blessing that life is beautiful when you serve God and that this will be your path. And, no, and you're serving him no matter what you do. So that's one place that, I, that came up to me while you were speaking. And if I can just share one other thing. Sure. There's a place that I've started to experience within the last three months that is really vulnerable. And, and, and I really don't know where it's going to go. But instead of this feeling that we have to work through all this pain and we have to go into all these tough places and we have to just go through everything, there's so much buried in there that as soon as you open up one door, another door opens and it's it just like this, this labyrinth of, mm -hmm. of you know, things that we have to look at. And yes, it takes courage and I'm not scared to walk into it. I'll walk into it if that's the way I walk into it. That's what I've done my whole life. But there, I'm just starting to feel there might be a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's an easy way. It's an effortless way. It takes the same amount of courage. What would happen if we could, if I could, forget about we. This isn't teaching. This is me being here with you. What would happen if I could just let go of it all? 
what could happen? What would happen if I just said, all that is all that? Why don't I let go of it? Why don't I make room within this vessel of this place that I hold for everybody else? Why don't I put all of that into the trash truck and let it grind it up and take it away? And why don't I see what would happen when this fresh new energy and comes into that empty space? What is it that, forget about all the pain and all that stuff for the time being. Like just give it away. I've built my life on the story of that for so long. What would happen if I just trash trucked it, mm -hmm. ground it up and let the trash man take it away and left this space to receive something new that is mine to have, that there was never enough room in me to fill me up with it because every time it came in, it just spilled over onto the ground because I had so much stuff in me already. Mm -hmm. What would that life start to look like? And as I'm experimenting with it now, what I'm seeing is things that are beyond anything that I could imagine. It doesn't happen right away. It took me about a month and a half of just staying with it to start to see little manifestations coming but I'm starting to see new things happening, opportunities coming, situations, people calling me up out of nowhere. One woman called me up and said, I spoke to you for two minutes, five years ago in Jamaica, and I haven't forgotten our conversation. Well, where has she been the last five years? <laughs> Only when I emptied this thing out did she come in. Right. What would be possible to enter into us if we let go of everything that we carry with us? There's a wonderful uh, story, I, uh, analogy I use on stage. And, you know, you know you're up, you speak too, and <clears throat> they always leave you a nice jug of water and a glass. And I always ask for two glasses. And they say, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> and I've got these two glasses. <clears throat> And so I've got these two glasses and they're on a tray and I put them in front of the audience. And I say, this is a lesson I learned from Bruce Lee, not personally, but from him and his teachings. And, and I said, this is me, water jug, right? I'm here to give you whatever I can offer you. Okay. So I fill up the glass and I fill up one of the glasses. Okay. And I say, this is you you're already full. And I start pouring the water in. Yep. What goes in? Nothing. Yep. It just keeps spilling over. But now watch this. And I put the jug down and I take the glass and I pour half of it into the other glass. I go, how much room is there now? Yep. You can't receive unless you make the room to receive. And that's a great thing we all need to understand is are you willing to make the room to receive? Which again, takes us right back to where we started, which is, do you have the willingness to be curious enough to listen so that yep. you can take a different action? And that for me is, is vastly important. Let's go to our mastication round. This is Curiosity Bites. And in Curiosity Bites, we have a mastication round, which of course, I know you know nothing about, <laughs> which is great. So the mastication round is you get to pick a number between one and 24. 
And from whatever number you choose, I will read you that question and we'll see where that takes us. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning, number one. Number one, really, okay. Number one. So to whom would you most like to say sorry and why? By the way, nobody's ever picked number one before. Wow. I like that. I like being, you know, odd and you know, different. There are so many people that I would like to say I'm sorry to. One person would be my wife who passed away, my late wife. I ended up having an affair that I never thought I would have. Mm -hmm. I was a main proponent against affairs. Mm. And a woman walked by me and she ended up walking through me. Her DNA was in my body and mine was in hers. Or at least that's the story that I tell. Mm -hmm. but that's, how, that's how immediate the connection was. Right. And as much as we tried to keep it from happening, it happened. Mm -hmm. um, when I ended up telling my wife, she, 10 months later, got stage four breast cancer and, and went through the most painful death a person could ever go through. Two and a half years of blood curdling, screaming pain, 45 minutes, every 45 minutes with a 45 minute break all day, wow. all night for two and a half years. Oh my God. I would like to tell her I'm sorry. I would like to tell the woman that I had the affair with how sorry I am. Because I loved her. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't able to be with her. I, I, it was the wrong thing. To, it was the right thing at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry for that. But I've seen so many people experience the right thing at the wrong time and make the mistake that I've made. And I wanna say I'm sorry for that. I'd like to say I'm sorry to my present wife because all of the pain of what I've gone through has made me to believe that people that are close to me get hurt or get taken from me. And so I've held her at bay. Mm -hmm. I've said, you can come close, but not you can't come in because I don't want you to get hurt. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say I'm sorry to my daughter who has to grow up in a world that she can't understand. But if I can, and I don't mean to Pollyanna any, poly any, any of that, because I think you can hear the sincerity and the depth of my, of my sorriness in my voice and even in the tone and how it changed. But I want to also say thank you to each one of those people. Mm -hmm. My wife taught me how pain is illusionary. How you can have 45 minutes of blood curdling, screaming pain, and it can vanish for 45 minutes. And you can do, go about doing what you need to do. And that you never give up because those 45 minutes when you don't have that pain are more valuable than those 45 minutes when you do have that thing or equally as valuable. Yeah. I'd like to thank the woman that I had the affair with 
for then suing me in public and suing the community that I was a part of for showing me how my wife dealt with pain and how she dealt with pain Mm -hmm. and how one took it out on me and one took it out on it. One held it within themselves. I'd like to thank my current wife for having the courage to love me as no matter how much I push her away for having the courage to say, I'm not going anywhere because I love you. And I want to get, I want you to know that love will penetrate all of your pain. And I'd like to thank my daughter for showing me that the gift of life isn't in the ability to be like everybody else, but in the ability to love beyond the ability to be like everybody else. She is my greatest teacher and my greatest hero. And the work that I do now is in the lesson that she taught me of speak, yell, disrupt, destroy. And going into companies and families and, and relationships and individuals who don't have the courage to listen. Because if we listen, we never need to yell. We never need to disrupt. We never need to destroy. Mm-hmm. And to, and to move backwards from wherever we find ourselves on that equation and just say, how do I listen better? What is it you're trying to say? How do we find a way to hear people who we can't understand? My daughter went like this. <laughs> I'm putting your thoughts into your head. Mm-hmm. How do we really find the way to listen to a world that one is dying more than anything to be heard? Dov, I had the opportunity through my life, and we never talked about Banyan books, but I had the opportunity of my life to travel around the world and mix with some of the wealthiest people in the world and sit on street corners with some of the poorest of poor. Not one person ever asked me to agree with them. All anybody wanted was to be loved and accepted, mm-hmm. listened to and heard, appreciated and validated. Mm-hmm. Something we all crave. And when we take the time to just do that, you don't need a college degree. You don't need to be in a religious cult. You don't need to be a part of a, you don't need to be on one side of a border or another. You don't need a certain color skin. You don't need to have a certain amount of money. Every one of us has the ability to love and accept, to listen to and hear to acknowledge and validate the person that's right in front of us. And that's sometimes that person is the one that we're looking at in the mirror. Couldn't agree more. We're going to take another break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, swarming and which is what I promised you in the beginning. And uh, we'll tie that together with everything that we've talked about so far. Um, but for now, for now, uh, if you'd like to join in the conversation, go over to Facebook and come into the group. It's called Curiosity Bites. There you can chat about this episode or any past episodes with other conscious leaders, people who want to become curious about what really is going on and how we can find ways to come together. Again, this episode is brought to you by, you got it the awesome music project and it's connecting music science and story to enhance mental health to find out more about the the awesome music project and amp foundation at 
theawesomemusicproject.com. You just go on over there and you'll, you'll find out all about it. It's a fabulous book and, and there's amazing research and great uh, stars and individuals sharing their stories of how music has impacted and influenced them. And just stay with us and we'll be back in just a little while. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the next part and our final part of this particular episode of Curiosity Bites. I'm here with Danny Levin and we, he is the author of The Mosaic. And we are, we are uh, diving deep into curiosity and expanding our minds. And uh, we've been down some very twisty, turny paths. And we want to take that path now a little bit into another direction, which is we want to talk about, you know, Danny, you, you were telling us that you, you know, you traveled the world and you, you hitchhiked around the world to study and you're looking at doing the same again now uh, in your, in your 65, 65th year to do that around America. <clears throat> but um, that ties into something I promised right at the beginning of this episode, which is talking about swarm. You and I talked about this and I found it particularly fascinating because a lot of what you're doing is talking about sitting, you know, you talked about sitting on cardboard, talking to a homeless person. And at the, what seems like the polarity of that is being involved in uh, AI and looking at AI and uh, Stanford University. So let's, let's talk about that for a moment, if we could, please. Absolutely. So it really doesn't make sense until it all starts to make sense. Right. The reason I'm going on the trip is that I want to amass data. I want to listen to what people say because I, I got, I have a podcast, which by the way, I'd love you to come on. It's called the mosaic podcast. I, I adore you. I want to, I hope this is the beginning of our time together, not the end. Um, I had a man on my podcast by the name of Louis, Dr. Lewis Rosenberg. Um, Lewis Rosenberg was a Stanford graduate who started to work with AI, who started to work with virtual reality, and then he started to work with AI. And he created a, a place called swarm.ai or unanimous.ai. It's his, are, are his websites. And what he found is that species that are less intelligent than us, than the human species, make complex decisions by coming together to make those decisions together. Mm -hmm. And he watched the way bees would find a new hive because their hive, they, they needed to find a place to live for the whole year. Yes. And none of them felt capable to do it on their own. So they would send out thousands of bees into different directions with the mission, find the place to build our hive. And the bees would come back into their, into their current hive and they would start to vibrate in the way that they, in, in the direction of where they thought they should go. Mm -hmm. And watch them, the, the hive would move over here to the left, it would move up, it would move to the right, it would move down. And collectively, they would move to a place where there was no resistance. Mm. And when they found that place where there was no resistance, there were different opinions coming in. But when they found that place where there was no resistance, 
they would go there and build their hive and that's how they succeeded through, through millennials to continue to exist. If you watch the way birds fly, it seems like they have a leader, but they don't have a leader. They're flying in complete collect, connected mind. They all know exactly when they're, where they're gonna go at exactly the same time. And they move as one mind guiding the flock of birds. When you see fish <laughs> swim, it's the same thing. They move in a swarm. Mm-hmm. So they started to look at what would happen if the human mind could operate in a swarm mentality. Mm-hmm. The human mind tends to act in a vertical reality. We have leaders who lead, people, self-help people who fix, teachers who teach, governments who rule. We don't, we don't come together as a, as a group. We vote, but in the very process of voting, we vote against something rather than, rather than for something often. Very true. And we separate ourselves out by our voting process saying, this is not what we want, we want this. In the hive mentality, in the swarm mentality, there is none of that. What happens is the group comes together to see if together they can come up with smarter, bolder, better solutions than they can um, with a vertical mind thought. Right. So they said, we wanna be challenged to see if our philosophy is right. They mm-hmm. created the algorithm and CBS News said to them, okay, let's check, let's check it out. We want you to predict the winners of the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> but we don't want you to just pick the one who's gonna come in first. We want you to pick first, second, third, fourth. It's trifecta. And they said, great. They said, CBS said, just so you know the odds that you're up against, it's 586 to one that you won't be able to get this. They said, fabulous, let's give it a try. We don't know what the solution is gonna be. We believe what we're saying is possible, but let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. They brought 40 horse enthusiasts into a virtual room. In the virtual room was an octagon. At the point of each octagon was a horse that was running in the Kentucky Derby. In the center of that octagon was, a, was a, a, like a puck, like a, mag, a puck. Mm-hmm. They said, in a minute, we are going to activate your mouse, and your mouse is going to be a magnet pulling the puck to your selection. But before we do that, we want you to tell us on your own scorecard, don't tell us yet, just write it on your own scorecard on a paper, on a piece of paper next to it, who's going to come in first, who's going to come in second, who's going to come in third, who's going to come in fourth. We want to know what you think. Now, come into the room. Now we're gonna ask all 40 of you together. Now these weren't course owners, they weren't gamblers, they weren't handicappers, they weren't professionals, anything. They were just people who said they liked horse racing. Mm-hmm. They asked the 40 people to use their magnets to pull the puck towards the, first, the horse that was gonna come in first. And you could see the, some people were pulling the horse over here, the magnet over here, some were pulling over here. Some, but in a very short period of time, they, they collectively decided to go to this first, and they did it for second, they did it for third, they did it for fourth. Here's the interesting thing, first interesting thing. If they, a $20 bet on what they decided produced an $11,000 ticket reward. So they went back and said, this is amazing, let's go back and see. When on your individual scorecards, how many of you picked the first place horse to come in first? Not one did. How many picked the second place? Nobody picked second place. 
one of the 40 pe people picked the horse that came in third to come in third, and nobody picked the horse to come in fourth to come in fourth. So individually, they had no idea who was going to win. And in fact, they came up with the wrong solutions, all mm -hmm. except one person who picked third out of the 40 to come in third. Right. But collectively, they came up with exactly the right answer that produced a $20,000 ticket. So CBS looked at them and said, wow, this is amazing. So now they've created, Unanimous AI has created a professional gambling service that allows people to use the collective mind of people to come up with who's going to win the Academy Awards, who's going to come in, who's going to win the baseball game, who's going to win the Super Bowl, who's going to win all these different things. So I went to them and I said, that's all well and good. But who the hell cares? <laughs> like, you've now proved that the technology works. What would happen if we use that technology to solve human suffering? What would happen if we asked the collective mind, what are the problems they want to solve? Do they want to solve hunger or poverty or homelessness? Do they want to solve global warming? Do they want to solve sex trafficking? Do they want to solve drinking water? Do they want to solve environmental things? What do they want to solve? And part of the reason why I'm going around the world is to sit with ordinary people and ask them, what is it they would want to solve? Mm. And then I want to ask them, how would they go about solving that? What would be the first three things that they would do? And right. we will amass that data, data. And we will bring that back once we have enough data and once we have enough people, we'll bring that data back and we will start to swarm around human suffering. What are the first things we want to solve and how will we solve that? Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask everybody who feels drawn to this experiment to participate by donating $1 a month to this cause. The reason I picked $1 a month is because I think it's within everybody's capacity. But there will be far off nations that won't, that a dollar a month for them is like a billion dollars a month. They can't, sure. they couldn't do it. So I'm going to ask those who feel drawn to it to say, I'll donate a dollar and I'll sponsor somebody in another place for a dollar. Mm -hmm. All of this will be totally transparent. We'll, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll show where the funds are. Our goal is to get a billion members. We're looking for the minority of one billion people who say, I'm willing to take a risk. Mm -hmm. Seven billion people will say you're crazy. They'll say you're a socialist. They'll say it's never gonna work. They'll say, you know, what are you crazy? What are you on drugs? And I, just like I did with my uncle, I said, I'll say to them, I thank you for your opinion. I thank you for, you happily sit within the community of 7 million people who think the way you think. But here's my hope. As a billion of us come together to choose what it is we want to work on, to choose how we want to do it, we will have a billion dollars a month that we can invest in solving the problems we choose to solve in the way we choose to solve it with no board of directors telling us we can't. Yeah. We may make a few mistakes. We may spend $5 billion and not come up with an exact right solution. But I know from the collective mind and the work that's been done that together we're smarter, we're bolder. We do things we would never do on our own. We did a, we did a sample swarm together. In our room, we had two billionaires, three homeless people, five millionaires, and, and everyday normal people.
and nobody knew who anybody was no. because all anybody was was a magnet pulling a buck. It's when we can bring the diversity of people all around the world together to say, what do you want to solve? Mm-hmm. How would you solve this? And let's invest in the solutions that we ourselves come up with that maybe for the first time in my 65 years on this planet, we become a we the people world. I love it. The Constitution of America starts out with we the people. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a we the people world. That's very true. Is, is, this, is this AI, the swarm AI, is that, is that available to people? Or, yes. I mean, uh, yes. So- if you go to Unanimous AI, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. or you go to swarm.unanimous.ai, or you go to swarm.ai, they, they are making this available to companies to research because they, they, they've done amazing things in predictive analysis. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you want to know what the people think is the best color for your product, you can go to them and they'll, they'll, they'll swarm. And they come up with incredibly, they, they have beaten solutions of professionals in the field that solo mine give answers by, by 20%, 30%, sometimes 40%. But these are professionals who are, who are consultants that are hired to give their opinion. Common, ordinary people coming together yeah. are finding better solutions than experts in the field that we're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to. I love it. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating. So your goal is to travel to collect the data on what are the problems in the world you want to solve, you wish you could solve, and how would you do it? Collecting that data, putting all that data in, and saying, you know, oh, we've discovered actually, we thought that everybody wanted to do climate change, but actually what we find is that the generally people want to solve X, not Y, and this is the greatest way that they would do it. And then with a dollar a month, from a billion people, I love the term, a minority of a billion people. Yeah, that's my- of a minority of a billion people, what could we do? Well, it's pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, and it's not even that we're gonna decide. We're gonna no. swarm, we're no, gonna no. swarm to say the swarm, you're gonna come together, you're gonna decide from all these things on the, on the octagon, what is it you wanna solve? And we'll watch where the swarm goes. Mm-hmm. And we'll watch how the swarm picks how to solve it. And then we'll use the money of the swarm to solve it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I absolutely love that. That's amazing. Very inspiring. Bucky Fuller said, you can't solve the problems of the world with the thinking of the world today. It won't ever do it. You have to create a new paradigm that makes the old paradigm obsolete. I believe we're on the verge of finding that new paradigm, which is a paradigm of collective consciousness, connected connected civil of mind versus a vertical mind. I believe that it'll change the way we elect a president. It'll change the way we govern a nation. It'll change the way nations, nations work together. It'll change the, it'll, it'll obliterate war because we'll sit down with nations together one day and we will come together and swarm. Yeah. I'm, for me, when you first told me about it, I mean, I was thinking about, it, I thought, I wonder what would happen if we actually used swarm as a voting, as a political voting mechanism 
uh, as long as it couldn't be hacked. And of course it could, you'd have to find out a way to not make it, to make it hacked. Right. But if you used Swarm for voting, you may discover that the person who becomes, quote, the president, depending on where you live, um, is not who you think it would be. Totally. And it's but not- you might, we might even, even more than that, we might forego the opportunity to have a president. We might forego all the ways the systems work because we might say that we, the people as a nation, want to create our reality. We don't need somebody to, to bring it to be. We'll bring it to be by being the people that stand up. And well, the beauty of the minority of one billion is as we make decisions and, and, and create this reality, as the tide rises, every boat in the harbor rises. Yeah. So the people in the majority of seven billion will, will benefit from it. And might say, hey, I want to be a part of this minority of one billion. Yeah, and the other thing about it is that you could potentially have, I mean, this is, a, we're opening up another conversation here that we are not going to go into, but the potential here for us is also to do a decentralized swarm, meaning, you know, okay, well, we're going to create a swarm for California. We're going to create a swarm for, um, you know, uh, south carolina or wherever it might be and and a decentralized government from that point of view so you know that there may not be a government in washington uh dc except for a government for washington dc and you know and and really that would create all kinds of potential openings and and potential uh uh, threats to those who own power or claim power. It's, it's a fascinating area. Um, and, and I, I love the idea of this, as I said, I love the idea of this 1 billion minority, uh, of a collective swarm making, looking for social change to shift the world in the ways that we, we, the people want to change that. Denny, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really loved it. I would love for you to be able to tell our listeners, our viewers, where they can find out more about you, about the mosaic, and about all the all the resources that you have available. I'm sure we'll put this in show notes too. But of course, but absolutely. My website is DanielBruceLevin.com. I have another website, TheMosaicOnline.com. Everything that I'm doing and everything in every capacity is somehow on there. If you can't get it, what you're looking for on there, please contact me through an email, which I'm sure you'll put on there as well, or call me. Here here is what I really want to create. Remember how we started. Extraordinary things happen when extraordinaries come together. I want to bring the beauty of the ordinary and, and, and celebrate the beauty of the ordinary again so that ordinary people come together, have voice, find voice, without conflicting or yelling or screaming over other people, but find a collective voice together where we make this world the world that we want to hand over to our children and our children's children, rather than one we regrettably say is one that we would never like to hand over to them. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Again, Danny, please tell just so everybody gets it. We, as, as you said, we will put it in the show notes, but I want to make sure everybody gets it. Please tell us where they can, where people can find out more about you. Okay. I have two websites, danielbrucelevin.com and themosaiconline.com. Fabulous. This has been a pleasure and an honor, sir. I thank you sincerely. Uh, thank you for awakening our curiosity and so that we can all have another big bite of curiosity. That's really good to see. I appreciate you. I thank you for all that you've shared. And for you, dear listener, if you'd like to join in the conversation again, you can go over to Facebook and find Curiosity Bites, and you can join the group there. You can have conversations about these subjects from this episode or any of our past or future episodes. We go and really deep and really having wonderful conversations. We really appreciate you being part of that. And if you want to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, we sincerely appreciate that. Obviously, to make a difference, we have to get out there in the world. So help us to do that. We, we need it. I'm curious to find out how you can help us get out there in the world. Again, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being part of the show. And our thanks, our sincere thanks, to Danny Levin. Till next time. Stay curious, my friends. Stay curious.